All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, a wonderful Wednesday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Coming to you live on Oilers Nation YouTube, where we uh, appreciate you stopping by. Hit the like button while you're there. It's great. Gregor Show, as always, presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where uh, your one-stop shop. If you want a single-game betting, you want to play some casino, you want to just do the lottery, lotto 649, you can do it all at PlayAlberta.ca. Use your game sets. Uh, no surprise today. Uh, Jack Campbell has cleared waivers, and uh, now he will be assigned to the Bakersfield Condors. And uh, look for uh, Calvin Pickard. Uh, he's coming up. So uh, the orders make that move, and we'll see where they go from here. Can uh, their goaltending get better? I can't see it getting worse. It'd be very hard to be worse than uh, where they are, as they are currently uh, 32nd as a team in uh, save percentage thus far. Uh, by the way, $32 million tonight, a lot of 649 for the goal ball. Uh, a few trades today involving the uh, Minnesota Wild, and it involves the San Jose Sharks. Because uh, right now, everything, there's a little bit of stress. Well, maybe not for you, probably not for any of you, more for me. Laughter for Connor, Declan. But uh, everything seems to be uh, impacting the Leahy right now. The uh, San Jose Sharks last night pick up their first victory of the season. As Mackenzie Blackwood stops 38 of 39 shots. Sharks get outshot 39 to 19, but they win 2 to 1. And they avoid setting the modern day record for worst, or should I say longest, winless streak to start a season at 12 games. Theirs ends at 11. So they tie Arizona, who did it in 22, and again in 2018. 
the Sharks in 96, the North Stars in 73, and now the Sharks of 23-24. Uh, All of them had a winless streak of 11 games to start the season. But the Sharks ended it last night. Blackwood played very well. Philly couldn't score. John Tortorella even, he wasn't even that upset in postgame. He's just like, geez, we outshoot him 39-19. We didn't really play that poorly. Right? They score a power play goal, and um, San Jose scores two goals. Like, how about that? The Sharks, they're scoring two goals increased their goal per game average. Because coming into that game, they had scored 12 goals in 11 games. Now they're up to 14 in 12. They don't score a lot. And they give up a ton. They've been outscored 55 to 14. Which is why the Leahy's on the line tomorrow night. But I'll admit, after watching Mackenzie Blackwood's performance last night, I was like, come on. But then, you know what? As you all know, I'm trying to be a positive guy. I'm like, great. He got out of his system. Because if the orders lose tomorrow, I've committed to growing the Leahy, which is not, not a good look. Definitely for me. Not sure it's a good look for anybody, but definitely not a good look for me. And um, cons, um, uh, it's actually my wife's birthday tomorrow. And uh, I had a few of my uh, buddies reach out to me. They're like, are you serious? You're going to grow the Leahy? I'm like, well, only if they lose. And I don't expect them to lose. And uh, they're like, well, what does your wife say? And I'm like, yeah, I haven't told her yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I told her, I said, I just want you to know, like, this is a possibility. She's like, what? And she laughed. She's got a pretty good sense of humor. And she's like, are you serious? I'm like, well, yeah. She goes, why would you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It kind of came out. I wasn't even thinking about it at the time. And then it just kind of came out. And I was like, I'm sure Strutty might tell you before. So I just wanted to hear from the horse's mouth. So could be a real late uh, evening birthday gift. Yeah, I need the lay. He's coming out. Happy birthday. So now on, on Twitter, Adam Bodnar Chuck. Yeah, Adam, you know what, Adam? <laughs> that, I think that was an unprovoked, uncalled for attack. I don't know if that was necessary. Yeah. Well, we've got the photo up on the YouTube stream now. How accurate would you say that this depiction is of you with uh, the cul-de-sac, the Leahy? Like, it, it looks a little gray. Yeah. A little salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. But well, pretty I thick I never, on the sides. I, like, I, my beard's all of a sudden salt and pepper, so I would guess that uh, it might be salt and pepper on the sides, too. Um, I you know the, the problem is, because I committed to... God, that looks awful. <laughs> Like beyond, I just uh, just put it up. Are you kidding? Take that down. Like you don't. Our viewers are like throwing up. Probably, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, like honestly, it would be terrible. Like you saw me, and then you see it. Put it back up on screen cons. If you look at it, look how much older I look. This is all Declan, by the way. Yeah, but look at it. Like you look way older when you sport the Leahy. Like no one's looking younger. No chance. Which is why I'm always surprised that guys hold on. Like, they're holding out hope. The worst part is, like, the shaggy part at the top that he's got on the back. It almost looks like a shadow. <laughs> God, that would be terrible. Like, it would be the worst, honestly. Like, I would, yeah, I could see, like, the first week it'd be ha-ha funny. But after that, it would it would wear off pretty quick, at least for me. So, I'll tell you right now, man. If, if the orders lose that game, I will be, uh, oh, I'll be very annoyed for a long, long time. It was the seven-month commitment for me that really put it over the top. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was well. That part was probably that was exact. My wife's like, "What?" So that was the part that was really stupid. Like, hey, I've said some dumb things in my life, but this one, 
This one might be uh, right up there. I don't think there's uh, there's any question that one. So, um, hey, Gregor, when will you admit Carter Hart is the answer? Yeah, but you can't use Carter Hart, my man, Kyle from Mill Woods, because uh, him and Schwartz have have worked together before. So there's, there's that that's not allowed in Edmonton, right? Dustin Schwartz is the root of all problems in Edmonton. Get rid of the goalie coach, and everything will be better, according to some fans. Like I've said before, if you want to change a goalie coach after this long, fine, change a goalie coach. Just you can't make false claims on top of it. That's all. You want to change a goalie coach? I actually I can understand why people would say that. I get it. I totally understand it. But it's like saying if you fire Dave Manson, the new defense coach is magically going to get Evan Bouchard to play better defensively. You can't get inside the head of a player. And get them to do what you coach them to do. You can't do it. It's impossible. I, I don't know if Evan Bouchard's... Like like I said, and, and people ripped me when I said it in the summer. I said, at least as an option, you could look at. Because Evan Bouchard's offensive numbers means he might get a pretty hefty contract. But his defensive game is not there yet. It's remember this summer people were like, well, the order should sign Bouchard right now to a seven million dollar deal. And I was like, why? You bridge players until they earn huge money. Because Evan Bouchard's offensive numbers this year, yeah, very good. What about his defensive game? Imagine if Evan Bouchard was making seven million dollars right now. People would be freaking out. Schwartz wouldn't even be mentioned. That's how much anger there would be for that. So, boys, that's a Friar Tuck. Ah, you call it a Friar Tuck. You call it the Leahy. It's I call it terrible either way. But yeah, you're right where uh, Dunner. It's a. Uh, it's not a great look, guys. I'm a diehard Order fan, but I will readily admit I would much rather have the Orders lose to see Gregor wear that for seven months. Order fans, right now we need something to rally around. That would be it. <laughs> Doug, first, I think that's a little harsh. I don't know if they want to rally around that. Okay. And, and Doug, I, I question your motives. I question your motives. I, I, like, I think you'd still rather the orders win. I think you would. So, hey, Gregor, it's a win-win for us listeners. Let's be honest. From Metal B. I guess. Yeah. But if the imagine if the orders lose to the Sharks. Well, here's a t- hey Gregor. So the orders lose. A, I win because you have to embarrass yourself. But B, maybe there's some significant change. I actually think it's a win-win-win from Daniel. Oof, the triple win. Oh, there you go. Let's see, hey guys, with the orders looking into Bennington, isn't that like the last goalie they need? He's a head case on the back end. A guy like that brings. They need a glue guy. This team is being very fragile from Hersey. Yeah, Hersey, I don't, I don't, I, I saw that. I don't really see how that makes sense. Right? Um, you look at it, uh, his contract is more than, uh, than Jack Campbell, right? So St. Louis is looking to, uh, to dump the contract, most likely, right? He's got, uh, well, him and Campbell, the contracts ends at the same time. So there's really, you're getting a goalie who has been better, I'll admit. Right, they're, they're, not that it's hard to to be, but yes, has been better than uh, Jack Campbell. That's valid. But do you want to tie up six million dollars 
in Bennington? Like, Bennington's off to a very good start this year. I think he's like a 920. I'll look it up, Cons. I think he's a 920. But how many years has he not been? And right now, if you're the St. Louis Blues, are you, you're not trading Bennington for Campbell and whatever other parts are available. Like, I think you'd have to give up significant other parts to make that deal. Because the, cal- the salary cap is essentially the same, right? Edmonton takes on one more million dollars. But I would assume St. Louis is going to want something else in return. So that other player is going to be at least a million dollars, I would guess, or 890 or 850, 875, whatever the number is. So, like, Bennington, yes, he's a Stanley Cup winning goalie. I would agree. That's fact. Can't take it away. You can't ever take it away. That's what the guy's earned in his career. And for that year, he was unbelievable. But what has he done since then? Right? He went 912 down to 910 to 901 to 894. Now, he's had a good start this year, eight games. But if you look at his last 100 games, he was a sub 900. So I don't... Yeah, I'm not sure I'd be ready to jump on Bennington just yet. I don't know. Like, he's played well this year. I totally agree with that. It's eight games. I, w- I would want to talk to, you know, I'd have to get Woodley on. Maybe we'd call Woodley. Like, what what does his scouting report tell you? What has is, is Bennington done different, maybe? Has there been any significant technical changes in his game that will say this good start is sustainable? That would be my one question. I don't know the answer. I haven't watched the Blues enough to to have an informed opinion on it. I will ask Woodley. I think he would have uh, he would have a good one. So um, to me, that's the uh, that's the the part that I would look at for sure is to kind of see where uh, um, you know where he's at, what technical changes has he made? Because I don't think you just come back in and suddenly after four years of regression, you just get good again. Right, like there's got to be something technically worked on. So, I don't want to find out what it is. Um, orders, hey, as the GM, you look at all options. But if I'm St. Louis, if I'm getting rid of Bennington, and I'm getting Jack Campbell, whatever other pieces I'm getting, right? How does that help you? Unless it's for Stuart Skinner, but now you've got Campbell in the minors at three point eight five, and Bennington at six. I don't know how you do that either. So, hey, Gregor, how about addressing the uh, bottom six? It's not all on D and goalie. The bottom six is soft, easy to play against. Improving in the bottom six should help the defensive play and possibly add some five on five scoring from uh, Crow's Nest. Oiler, what, what's interesting about the uh, bottom six, you are bang on that uh, the order's bottom six has not produced. That is 100% accurate. Can't argue it. Right? They have not produced. Um, at all five on five, right? You look at the guy. They don't have a point. Anybody in the uh, bottom six? They scored some power play goal assist here, there, but that's it, right? What, what's interesting though is if you actually look at their numbers, and I agree with you, they don't like Dylan Holloway. I still think there's a player there. I I do personally. Uh, I thought he played better. He got a little bit more ice time, and I understand it's one where you you have to earn something, but. Like, despite the the Oilers, like, scoring nothing in 11 games, they're, like, they're not leaking goals against, funny enough. Right? Like, Ryan McLeod's been on the ice for three goals against. That's it. 
Right? He's out when he's on the ice. He's out shooting teams seventy to fifty. They can't score. Right? Dylan Holloway's out shooting team when he's on the ice sixty eight to fifty. Raphael Lavoie in only two games is eleven uh, eight. Like they, they haven't been getting manhandled in that regard. But you're bang on. They haven't finished, and uh, that's a pretty important part. But their defensive game's actually been okay. I, I haven't seen a lot of glaring defensive breakdowns from the bottom six forwards. We've also seen nothing offensively. Raphael Lavoie brings them some size they didn't have. You know, Holloway, if he plays more like he did last game, and, and you saw him, they kind of switched up, right? They kind of spread those guys out. You had Fogle and Holloway with dry settle. That trio actually I thought played pretty well against Vancouver. Resulted in a goal. So they're I think the 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 bottom six would I like a little bit more on the fourth line? I think that's fair. The third line I think has something. It just hasn't gone in yet. But I think overall, lot there's lots of things to like about the third line other than their production. And if I look at history, I think they might be able to produce. Uh, coming up on the show today, uh, who is it Wednesday? I'll give you some hints on this. It's uh, our guest today, and uh, who is it Wednesday? Won an NHL individual player award. The 20-goal scorer. A Stanley Cup winner. Member of seven different NHL teams. Okay, those are a few hints today for who is it Wednesday. When we return, we're going to talk... Uh, a little football and more on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 221, welcome back. The Hump Day edition of the Jason Gregor Show on Sports 1440, live on Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Of course, a light night in the uh, NHL tonight, and then it uh, heats back up tomorrow. Oof, the, the basement battle. I don't think anybody thought that was coming, but here we are. Oilers and Sharks tomorrow. 31st and 32nd place teams. Many thought the Sharks would be there. Nobody thought the Oilers would be there. So we'll take a we'll take a little detour from that because let's be real. You don't want to focus on the basement bowl all the time. Let's get to the uh, football report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home to no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter at LegacyHeating.ca. Uh, our next guest is uh, an Alberta resident, pride of Medicine Hat, who is uh, now starring as a wide receiver at Stanford. And, uh, of course, uh, with all the hype around Colorado and Deion Sanders, you saw a few weeks ago, had the huge touchdown reception. Uh, Alec uh, A.O. Manor joins us. Uh, Alec, welcome back, or welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Hey, I'm awesome. So, uh, a kid, from, tell tell me about the little football journey background from Medicine Hat to Stanford. Yeah, it was a it's quite a far journey. I originally moved to New Jersey first. I had got there through like playing on Team Alberta and just kind of getting noticed by people. And okay. uh, met this guy named Justin Dillon out in Toronto, and he uh, uh, kind of got me hooked up with some schools down in the states. So I went to New Jersey first. And then moved down to, or moved up to Massachusetts, where like I'd finished out my high school career and got recruited really from everywhere in the country from there. And my Stanford was my dream school from the beginning. Me, my mom, my mom has always been big on academics, so yeah. that was kind of my plan from the beginning. And I ended up getting offered here and came here. 
so you, I want to kind of go back. You, you know, you're playing for Team Alberta. I, I know there's lots of, of football players that end up going south just because, you know, there's there's more opportunities to play. There's, you know, often there, there's better competition at times. So how did you make that decision? You went to New Jersey. Like, did you go to a prep school? Yeah, it's like a boarding school, prep school. You stay on campus, board there. Um, there's dorms and everything like that. Okay. It was uh, it was really, really hard to convince my mom. You know, like I'm, what, 14, 15 years old, telling her I want to move to a new country and live on my own. Um, so it took a little bit of convincing there, but I think in the end she understood, like, it was for a greater purpose. So you're 14 when you left? And, like, do, do you get a billet? Or where'd you live? Uh, yeah, so we have dorms on campus. Like, okay. the, the schools are boarding, so most of, like, the students board on campus in dorms. You'll have, like, one roommate uh, your underclassmen years, and then your upperclassmen years, you just live on your own in a single dorm. How was that? How how was your cooking skills? <laughs> so we actually, they have, we have dining halls and things of that nature, so we don't actually have to cook. Cut. But living without, like, the supervision of your parents at that young is definitely interesting. It's an interesting experience. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't imagine. Like, you, you must be fairly self-disciplined. Yeah, I think going to schools like that kind of forces you to be because, like, academically they're pretty rigorous. So you have to learn how to be smart with your own time because nobody's really watching you and making sure that you are so that you can succeed in all those ways. So you go there. Uh, how do you feel it helped you? You know, you talk about growing as an individual. Um, so you kind of had to look within. You had this goal that, you know, you want to go NCAA and you want to go to a college. So that's one of your main focuses. But h- how was, you know, improving as a football player? What was the biggest advantage for you football-wise? I think it's just the sheer, like, amount of athletes that are skilled and know, like, the game of football in and out, like, the back of their hand. I think moving from Canada, I didn't really know too much about football. Like, I wouldn't say I was a football player yet. I was kind of just an athlete who played football, and I was good because I was just athletic. But moving to the States, like, that's not enough to make you good at football. You need to learn the game and become a football player, not just an athlete. I think that was the biggest jump for me, just like those small technical details that you need to be a great football player. Uh, I'm assuming you must have ran track. Most of the elite football guys have ran track at some point. What was uh, what was I, your what did you like running the best? Uh, I ran one and two, and then the four by one relay. And what, what's the fastest 100 you've ever had? Uh, Ten six is the fastest 100 I've ever run. Oof. Nice. Now do you now do you run it all at Stanford, or is it or is it 100 percent football? No, just 100% football. I think if I wanted to run track, I'd have to lose quite a bit of weight. Uh, the guys here run, like, in the nine seconds. We had a guy, Udodi, who ran, like, nine nine two this year. So, <laughs> Like, you're fast at 10-6, eh? But it's funny. If you ran, like, if we if we put the video up of a guy running nine two and a guy running 10-6, you know, you're, like, eight meters behind. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They're moving different pace. So, <laughs> so yeah, you're 6'2", uh, 210 pounds. Is that right? Yeah, I think I'm closer to 215 now that I've been in a college strength program for a little bit. But How is – give us – because a lot of people here have never been to Stanford. We've heard of Stanford. Obviously, it's you know it's a pretty highly regarded school. Uh, you wanted to go there. Obviously, you, you chose to go there because, you know, you had options. You, you chose to go there. What's – can you kind of give us a little insight into how the education is at Stanford? Yeah, I mean, it, it really does live up to its name. It's some of the best of the best education in the world. Um, 
But given that, it can be like hard at times to balance that with like a, a Division One football schedule. There's a you kind of have to decide if you want to be good at school, good at football, or good at like you. There's three things in your life: you have so your social life, your school life, and then your athletic life. Okay. And to me, like you can only really choose two to excel at. So like sometimes your social life is going to struggle a little bit, but that's why you have like your team. Like you, you really become best friends because you're spending so much time together. And it's honestly, it's worth it. It's what I can ask for nothing more. We are joined by uh, Elika Aylmanner. He, of course, is a wide receiver at uh, Stanford University. Uh, first full year playing. And, uh, Elika, you know what? You wanted to go to school, and uh, you guys go up against Colorado. And, and because of Deion Sanders, you know, people are talking about it. Uh, you're trailing 29 nothing. And then you guys come back, and you make this uh, ridiculous overtime grab. Um, how did it kind of change for you suddenly uh, since then after making that overtime catch? Uh, I would say, honestly, like nothing really changed in my process. I'm still the same dude. I still do the same yeah. things. I still work just as hard. But obviously there's a whole bunch of more publicity and stuff like that. And I think a, a big game like that just gives you a lot of confidence in what you've been doing. And it allows you to really play freely and uh, like within yourself. Is that the most hyped game you've been a part of? Yeah, I mean, in my whole football career, I've never been a part of a game quite like that. Like, not that it was just hyped and it was on Friday and we were the only game playing and it was on ESPN and it was against Deion Sanders, but just, like, the whole circumstances of the game going into two overtimes and us being twenty nine down 29-0 at half, I've never really been a part of a comeback like that in my whole life, and it, it was crazy. Oh, I would think so. Now, uh, you mentioned your mom, you know, you had to convince her when you were young to, to move away. Uh, has she been able to see you live at Stanford yet? Yes, yeah, she has. She came to the first uh, three games, and now, uh, well, I got injured the last game she was playing to come up. Okay. Um, I ended up, I ended up playing anyways, but she's going to be coming to the, these last three games of the regular season too. All right. Um, how like last year? Um, you, you didn't appear in any games as a freshman uh, due to injury. Um, so now you're in and you're playing. Like, tell me kind of how the mental challenge was last year for you, because I'm, I'm assuming that was the first time in your career you'd ever had that series of an injury that had kept you off the football field for that long. Yeah, you kind of just you just have to learn how to be patient. You know, you can kind of get envious of the other players playing. You think to yourself, "Oh, I could do that right now," or "If I was healthy, I'd be able to do that." And you just have to learn to be patient and trust the process and. Uh, just stick with it because it can be easy to kind of fall off a cliff when you get injured like that. Do you have any tips on how to be patient? I'd love it. Uh, anybody who knows me in my life, I'm not a very patient person. <laughs> yeah, I have zero tips because <laughs> it was very, very hard for me as well. Oh, yeah, I could imagine. Are, are there any, like, when you watch other receivers, are there receivers that, not that you necessarily pattern yourself at, but you look at certain things they do and then try to say, hey, this is what I want to do? Yeah, of course. I mean, a really obvious one for me is Michael Wilson. He's a guy that got drafted from here last year. Okay. Uh, he's in his rookie season in the NFL. And just, I mean, I, I got to watch him practice all last year and just see the things that he did uh, great. And I watch his film to this day and just see what he did and try to replicate it. Obviously, there's those NFL guys like Devontae Adams comes to mind uh, immediately. And it's really just anybody. Uh, any, everybody has something to offer, and you just have to find what they have and try to add that to your game. Do you have a CFL or NFL team that you root for? Uh, I don't have any NFL teams, but I've uh, I grew up on the the Rough Riders because my family's from Saskatchewan. So okay, 
All right. Did, did you ever? Uh, you, did, you must have went to a few rider games in your young life. Yeah, when I was really, really young, I, I went with my grandpa a couple times. Okay. Um, you you look at it, and do you have like what's what are you taking first of all at Stanford right now? Uh, I'm a computer science major. Is what I'm planning on doing. So. Okay, and so because I know there are some people that go NCAA, and whether there's 120 schools or something, and so I'm like, you know what? I'm coming here. I, I love football and playing education, but afterwards. Yeah, maybe I'd go pro, but a lot of players are are comfortable knowing that, hey, you know what? This is going to be the end of my playing career because I want to go into, you know, medicine. Maybe I want to go into computer science. Do you have pro aspirations? Yeah, my goal from the beginning, when I moved to the United States, my end goal was to go to the NFL, and it still is. That's my what I want to do with my life, and I will not very easily let go of that goal. So uh, I'll try to stick around for as long as I can. So – with that goal in mind, Alec, what? So, because uh, you've progressed obviously a- along the way very well. Now you, you know you're at a Division One school, right? What we've seen on the highlights, you can you can make plays. As a receiver, what do you feel like? What's going to be the thing that's going to allow you to give yourself a realistic shot in a few years to turn pro? Yeah, I think one thing that I've really been working on this year, and my coaches have been emphasizing, is just playing fast, playing to your speed because, uh, like, I'm athletically gifted. I'm a very uh, fast person. But sometimes when you get in the game and you have this play, you're hearing all these different words, you're seeing all these different singles, signals, you have to look at the coverage. Uh, at times you can start playing slower and uh, not to your full speed, and that can really affect how you play. I think uh, playing fast is super important, and that's something that I, I really need to work on and keep improving on. If Stanford players are lined up at the goal line and it's a race – to midfield who's winning uh i'll put money on myself for sure but it'll be close between me and bryce farrell bryce farrell okay so that's your main competitor there's is there anybody that would be a surprise a surprise like an somebody would say oh. you know what if they're a dark horse yeah. this guy might be the dark horse yeah ashton daniels is the dark horse he's our quarterback oh. so he's not really known for running but he hits very high top speeds on our gps trackers so you guys have GPS trackers now in, in practice or in games? Yeah, both, practice and games. So you can track yourself, and they track your speed, and so how you're coming out of certain routes and, and at what speed? Exactly. Oh, man. How does that help? Like, does, does it just help in the technique factor when you're, okay, you know what, I'm, you go watch the video, and you say, here I came out, and I'm just going to pick a number because I have no idea how fast it would be. So I come out of this route at a 6.2, and then the next time I'm at a 6.6, What's the difference in that in, that's allowing you to be faster or slower? You know, I think they will see our, like, our acceleration is more so what that is about. And then they, like, critique our technique and show us, like, how our body mechanics should be and how they were. And that's what helps bring those numbers up. And then, obviously, just getting in the weight room and getting stronger and more explosive. What's your favorite uh, movement in the gym? What do you love doing? <laughs> Sorry, what was that? What's your favorite workout in the gym? Oh, I'm a I'm a big clean guy. I love clean. Oh, cleans. Look at you. Hey, buddy. It's probably why you're fast. Uh, Alec, I really appreciate your time. Uh, continued success. Uh, we're going to hope to talk to you over the next few years at Stanford uh, and uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That is uh, Alec uh, A.O. Manor from uh, Stanford. Many of you probably uh, were watching that game. It's a huge game. It's on ESPN. Like That's Friday night, the only, the only game in town. And then they're down 29 nothing. I remember at halftime, everybody was just like, oh, Colorado, they're the greatest team ever. Right? I think Deion Sanders was going to become an NFL head coach the, you know, the next day. 
And that's why we love sports. Because I don't think anybody would have predicted it. That they would come back and tie. Then they go into double overtime. And then A.O. Manor. Like, that is... Konza, you're a huge football fan. I know you and Declan were talking about that a few weeks ago afterwards. Like, that was... It was just an unbelievable regular season game. You just don't see games like that very often at any level. Yeah, I mean, that was... uh, I won't say max hype for Colorado, but pretty dang close to it. And then to go up against Travis Hunter, who some people think might be one of the best players in the country. Like, he plays offense, defense. The guy's an absolute stud. And to go wrestle the ball out of his hands the way he did, uh, the yards after the catch... He's an intriguing prospect, and like just hearing how he speaks, it sounds like he knows what he has to do to make it in this, uh, well, make a lifestyle out of the football profession, whatever league it might be. He's going to be someone to follow along. 6'2", 210, good size, good hands, good after the catch, uh, really intriguing, and very cool for him to come from Medicine Hat to be on the biggest stage like that and perform the way he did, because in that second half, Gregor, like, he absolutely went off, and then we're in a situation where you know he's going to get an opportunity to make the play, and he still goes and does it against one of the best DBs in the country. Uh, very impressive what he was able to do, and he's had a few big games, one against Washington as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think we'll hear his name a little bit more as his Stanford career rolls on. Yeah, no, it'll be great. And what was interesting, I loved his answer when he talked about it, and I think for any parent uh, who has a young athlete who has aspirations – whether it's to go to junior if you're in hockey or, you know, university or college and then ultimately pro, you heard him talk about it. He goes, you have three things in your life. You have your social life, you have school, and for him as an athlete, obviously you have your sports. He didn't think you could excel at all three. So you kind of have to pick which ones you want. Obviously, you know, some will choose their athletes. Well, most if they're athletes, they'll choose athletics as number one for sure. But then some will choose the social over the school. And then you get out of school and you know what? It's really hard to go pro. The few who make it, unbelievable. And I think that's that's probably one of the best, most simple ways you can explain it as a parent to, to your young son or daughter when they're looking at going that route. And just say, you know what? Here's your three, man. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to choose. And ideally, as a parent, we all know what the parents are gonna say. Hey, school for sure. And obviously, your athletics, if that's what you want. And then you can sprinkle in a little bit of social time. But it's. I think that was very accurate. In in how he presented that, very accurate. So. Hey guys, great interview. Sounds well spoken and motivated from Ross. Ross, I, whole, I wholeheartedly agree, man. Like very well spoken young man. How about think about now? Sure, you have a dorm, but I like what he said. He goes like living on your own at fifteen, away from your parents. Like you just you have to grow up. You have to. And as a parent, think about right now allowing because you you know you want your kids to to follow their dream. But, like, that's a big, you have to let go a lot as a parent, mom or dad. You know, to, to not, because it's not like he was, okay, you know what, we're living in Edmonton and, and I'm going to follow my dream into Calgary or Red Deer, right? Where mom and dad could drive down every weekend. Heck, they could go down on nights back and forth sometimes. Now, you're talking going from Manitoba all the way to New Jersey. That's not a car ride. I guess technically you could make it a car ride, but it'd be a few day car ride. Like that, it's a big commitment that, and there's no guarantee. Cons, you mentioned it, like he's a good prospect, but there's no guarantee that uh, that he'll go pro, 
right? Not at all. I really hope he does, but it's highly competitive, right? So you put all that work in and, you know, sometimes you're 22, 23 and geez, it didn't happen. Uh, now, I don't think any athlete who's 23, they come out of college and they don't get to go pro. I hope they have no regrets because they did everything in their power. And you know what? It doesn't work out for everybody. And if you get an education, you learn a lot about your life. You probably become a really good teammate. You know how to adapt and work with others, right? You clearly have good commitment. You're able to commit to something and put in a lot of work. You'll likely be successful in lots of other things. But. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I could see how that would be tough as a parent. There's lots of sports where 15, 16, sometimes you just got to move away because your best opportunity is there, so... Hey, boys, he's going to Stanford. Not many fools attending there. I like it. Great interview from uh, Vegreville Greg. Very true. Very true. He uh, He's clearly got his head on uh, on his shoulders, cons, and he'll be a guy that uh, we'll be watching. Uh, have to get him on uh, kind of once a year. So uh, this is his sec. He's two more years, right, Con? Still, he's draft eligible? Uh, you're eligible after your third year out of high school, so sophomore season. So he's got one more. Yeah, one more junior year, yeah. then he could be eligible. See, you know, you, you always see the CFL teams take a flyer, right? You'd, yeah. you'd be crazy not to, just in case, get that passport in the lineup. But I wonder, he puts up a few more big games against some, you know, powerful programs. You never know. He's got the size. He's, he shows up on film. He, he'll be someone, someone to watch. 240, Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, your Ramchuk will join us. Binnington, is there an appetite? Oiler fans, we'll discuss next. McGregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 2.45 on a Wednesday afternoon. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. Gregor Show, as always, is presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 
Now, let's get to the oil report brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton. Right now, until the end of the month, they're going to have a Black Friday deal, but it's all month long, where you can get $75 off the vehicle. You want an S60, XC90, XC60. They got them all, or you can get financing at 1.49%. It's your choice. Stop in now at VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. As we uh, welcome to the show from Orders Nation, uh, Tyler Uremchuk. Would you be in favor of a Binnington? And what do you think a Binnington trade would look like realistically for it to happen for Edmonton? Well, here's the complicated part is both those teams are really tied up against the cap, right? So if you're going to do it, like Edmonton obviously would have to lose Jack Campbell's $5 million in the process. And then St. Louis, they're losing Binnington at six. Edmonton would have to send basically a million back somehow, but then the call-ups could complicate it. Like the salary cap side of it just, just makes it out to be such a difficult deal that I don't know if he's a realistic trade target. Would I part with a first round pick and another premium asset? If you can make the money work, like maybe just because getting rid of the final three years of Jack Campbell is probably worth a first round pick and another asset. Right. So I don't know. I don't think Bennington's realistic. I understand why he's popping up, but a name that I had floated out on my show earlier today was like Mackenzie Blackwood. Like if you're going to line up and give up a bunch of future assets to get out from the Campbell deal, San Jose is more likely to want to do it than St. Louis. And two, go get a guy who's cheap, who you're going to bring in. He's young, even with, you know, still a little bit of upside. I'd like to think with Blackwood, go get a guy like that and actually save the money. Don't bring on another high-paid goalie who's been inconsistent for the last 12 to 18 months. Yeah, I'd be very curious where the Sharks come out. Uh, Capo Kakinen can't play. I'm, that's just a fact. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Anybody who tries to tell me he can, uh, I don't buy it. Um, so Mackenzie Blackwood, a few years ago in New Jersey, man, like a lot of people thought this guy, geez, the way he's played, he's going to be one of Team Canada's three goalies. Right. And then, uh, you know, got banged up and, you know, hasn't really been the same. And now he had a banner night last night against Philadelphia. No question. He was excellent. It's the reason they won the first game of the year. But, you know, his numbers, other than that, not great. So goaltenders are weird, man. We all know it. Right. Like now, San Jose, I'll be honest. I don't care who's playing in goal in San Jose. I don't think any goalie could have a 900 save percentage there. Regularly, because they just give up too much, and they and they don't they don't spend enough time in the offensive zone, so they're always playing defense, and eventually that's going to come back to haunt you. So I think it would be difficult. Um, it's hard to judge, but I agree with you on from a cap perspective, it makes way more sense, right? A, he's only got this year and next year at two point three five. So what would it cost? Like, would you would you give up a first? For for obviously, there's we assume Campbell's involved in the trade. So uh, would yeah. you give up a first? to do it yeah i think i would and the okay. other interesting part of this is like i know you've talked about the the sharks uh, quite a bit and i know even just us having conversations personally like that rebuild is not going very well in san jose and the thing is they've now subtracted some big pieces burns and carlson and not gotten a lot in terms of future assets for them and now they have those two retained salary spots that are all jammed up so if they wanted to try get value for a guy like logan couture and they retain on him then they're full for retained transaction spots. I actually think the Sharks would probably be wise to start doing a little bit of the let's take on some bad contracts if teams are going to give us high picks and good prospects to do so. And maybe this is an opportunity for Mike Greer to finally add another first-round pick to the stable because all they have is a conditional one from Pittsburgh and then their own. It's not like they've torn it down and they have 
six first rounders in the next three years or anything like that, <laughs> no, you know? Dude. And, uh, you know, they've missed the playoffs for four years and they don't really have any top end prospects coming. Like maybe Eklund. Uh, and I'm not sure he's top end. He might be an NHL player, but after that, it is, uh, it's pretty thin in that organization. Um, last night, uh, Jonathan Huberdeau spent the entire third period on the bench, uh, in Calgary. Ryan Huska comes in, the rookie head coach. And we've seen lots of coaches, veterans, rookies around the league say, okay, you know what? I'm not getting enough from guys. And it, it's not that you hate the player. I think sometimes people think benching means, oh, I can't stand the player. Just like, you know what? So maybe that's the way to get their attention, right? Like, it, obviously, it's not to his standard. And when you see that, are you surprised it hasn't happened in Edmonton when they collectively, like, there's a lot of candidates and I'm not talking about the fourth line guys and the, you know the the number six defenseman, right? I'm I'm talking top six forwards, top nine forwards, top four defensemen. There's been some options for sure to do it. Why do you think Woodcroft hasn't? Yeah, uh, first off, just on Huberto quickly because I, I know for the people watching on YouTube, we get his numbers flashed up there. Like he's only hit the 20 minute mark, Greg's twice in his last 10 games. That's at all strengths, like. This Husk after the game was like, oh, it's just a bad game. And I'm like, well, it's the second time in five games you've played him under 15 minutes. So I think it might be more than just one bad game there uh, for Huberto. But as for why it hasn't happened in Edmonton, like, I I think a part of it is just because of the situations the Oilers are in, right? I know the, the Preds were down by one, or sorry, the Flames were down by one heading into the third when they sat Huberto. But he's also not Leon or whatever right and i know some people pointed out last year remember uh the bolts they had a game against columbus where they sat all three of their big guns for the third period but they were getting caved in that game they weren't coming back when it comes to jay woodcroft and the oilers like does evan bouchard deserve to sit on the bench for an entire period probably but when you're down by two goals in the third what defenseman gives you the best chance of hammering a puck into the back of the other team's net and coming back in the game it's bouchard and jay woodcroft is kind of coaching for his life here so can he afford to sit there and go, yep, Bouchard's sitting for the entire third because I'm going to send a message when at the same time, there's probably a thought in the back of his head that like, oh, damn, if we don't win this game, I might not have a job tomorrow. Yeah, to me, I wouldn't even have done it the third. I just would have sat him for the rest of the second period. We're talking four shifts, right? Like it's four, yeah. two. And I think at that point, it sends a message, not just to Bouchard, but to your entire team, right? Because everybody on the ice knows, everybody on your bench knows who are the regular guys and who plays, right? And all of a sudden it's like, okay, Nurse Cece, and then he's calling uh, whatever he calls, uh, what does he call him, the octopus? I can't remember. Uh, the Aquaman? I can't remember what he called Day The seaweed man. The seaweed man, that's what it is, yeah. So uh, seaweed and Kulak, you're up next, right? And then it's like Ekholm and Cece, and all of a sudden people are like, all right. And Bouchard's sitting there because when you're injured, you don't just sit on the bench, right? Like you don't even have to say anything as a coach when that happens. You just, you know, in the course of a game, Stratty talked about it. Most coaches, they don't say anything. They just don't call your name. It's pretty, it's pretty obvious what the message is. And I, I do think, cause Jay, the reason I'm surprised it hasn't happened, Tyler, is cause the, if there's three words we've heard the most from Jay Woodcroft since start of preseason, the standard, the standard, the standard. Like, we've heard it all the time. Well, how low is your standard if that's continually acceptable? Yeah, and and part of it maybe is a lack of other options, but I do agree. Like, at some point, you, you need to take a stand here. I just, again, think it, it's more complicated when Woodcroft, at to a point, is, seems like he's coaching for his life right now. Like, 
Do you do you agree with the sentiment that the team should just tell him either he's sticking around for the whole year or he's done? Like, do you think that's hindering him at all? Uh, you mean the coach? No, I yeah, coach. I, I, I don't no? think you would ever. I don't think as a GM after eleven games, I can say I'm going to walk in and say I, I guarantee you you're staying here for eighty two games, right? Yeah. Like that, that, it's probably unfair because you, you, that's a pretty big guarantee that you don't know uh, what could happen. And and I'm yeah, so a I don't think that would happen. And and b I, I don't know if if like to me Jay Woodcroft and who is was it Todd? Mc, other coaches have said, man. I coach to win every game how I think is the right decision, not because because if you start coaching scared like you play scared, then you're not having success. Right. And so is it, I don't like to me, I know a lot of people said, oh, if he loses the game in Vancouver, they're out. And I was like, why? That's a, if you if it comes down to one game. I, I, to me, you you have to know right now, either Jay Woodcroft is the guy. Or he's not. Well, we'll give him one more game. So let's say he wins. Now does he get two more games? What if they lose the next two? So I don't to me it's it's usually like it's not an easy decision to fire head coach, I wouldn't think. Right? Now, you lose to the San Jose Sharks, Tyler. It's now I guess thankfully because the Sharks won to Philadelphia, maybe it eases it slightly, but they're still like they've been outscored fifty five to fourteen here. Like they're they're getting outshot like almost every game by 15, right? Like it's a clear, I looked at sport logics numbers and ever since I've been receiving their data, I've never seen a team that under the, and they have 13 categories offensively and 13 categories defensively. The sharks are 32nd in 24 of the 26, right? Like I've never seen that. Right. Like it's so like this team just isn't very good. And so you lose to them. I, I'll be very curious. Like obviously I don't want them to lose because I'm going to have the worst haircut of my life for seven months. So uh, I hope that never happens, but there's the curiosity in me, even though I would suffer greatly of looking and hating myself in the mirror. Part of me is like, what type of reaction would it involve? Declan, you're dead. What type of reaction uh, would it involve? Um, if they lost that game, I mean, it would, it should be a pretty sizable one. Like if you can't buckle down as a team and just go like the sharks will win some games this year when they catch teams on off nights, you know, or maybe a three and four or a team that's one four in a row and they're kicking their feet up and the sharks outwork them. Blackwood steals one. Sure. If you're the Oilers and you can't just buckle down and beat the tar out of that team tomorrow, then, then I think all hope is lost for this season. Like if that's not a game where you can just go out there and say, Kate, we are miles better than them. If we work hard, we're going to coast to a victory tonight. If you can't go out and do that tomorrow, it's probably the end of things. Like I, Then you won't be able to beat anyone with any sort of consistency this year. Tyler Ramchuk joins us. Jack Campbell, do you think he can rediscover his mojo slash game in the AHL? I think he can find success in the American Hockey League. Do I think it will ever translate to success back at the NHL level? I don't. I, I think the issues with Campbell are are a lot of them are it's between the ears, Greg's. And look how well he played in the preseason, right? He comes out and is dynamite. That stat line was like, what are we at? Like a 960, 970 save percentage. It was insane. And then as soon as the real hockey started and there's pressure on him and he's in his own head, boom, he's done. And he loses everything that made him successful. So if I could give you a very specific prediction, I think he goes down for the next four to six weeks. And at some point we have the conversation going, 
Jack Campbell's got a 930 in his last eight starts in Bakersfield. He's ready to come back up. And I think he's going to come back up and we're going to be doing the same song and dance again with him where it's a good game and three bad games and Mm -hmm. then a decent game and two terrible games. I just, I don't know if he has the ability to mentally power through an ounce of adversity at the NHL level. Skinner or Pickard, who do you start tomorrow night? Oh, it's such an interesting debate because if there's ever a game to give Pickard, it's the one against the team, like you said, is 32nd in 24 of 26 categories. Like, that's a great spot. But also, let's keep Stuart Skinner's confidence level in mind here. If there's ever a game where Stuart Skinner could play really well, put up a good stat line, and get his confidence level up, it's probably against the San Jose Sharks. So I think I care more about Skinner's confidence than Pickard's, you know, getting his feet wet and finally playing an NHL game. So I think I go Stu tomorrow. Ty, great stuff, my man. Uh, it will be an interesting matchup uh, in San Jose. Uh, for their, And the other thing is the Edmonton order is like their offense. We didn't really touch on it, but their offense needs to get going. A lot, a lot of their best guys need to get going. Like, And if I'm the order, and if I get up three, nothing in that first period or two, I don't even care if they get up two, nothing at some point. This is a game where I know that sometimes, you know, you you take your foot off the gas and third period and stuff. I wouldn't do it. Honestly, I'd be like, I'm really sorry, Coach Quinn, and I would send an apology afterwards, but my offensive guys have been in the tank. I need them to get going, and if that means we rack up the score, and even if my first unit power play, because the second unit power play is outscoring the first unit power play here over the last seven games, right? So there, you, this is a game where I'm sorry, I am not doing the respectful thing if I'm the head coach. I'm playing to win, and I'm doing everything that's going to benefit my team long term because I got too many guys not feeling confident offensively. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you can send David Quinn and his staff an edible arrangement on Friday morning, but uh, it, I'll, well, I'll be interested. Maybe play Alberta can get us some odds on the Oilers to score 10 tomorrow against the Sharks because I think that should be the expectation. Edmonton needs to just hammer them. Oh, gosh, they do need something for sure. So they just all they don't need is Blackwood to goalie them. God, I don't need it. Selfish. It's not just about me at this point. So we'll see. Ty, uh, have yourself a good one. All right. Thanks, Riggs. That's uh, Tyler Uremchuk. Of course, you can see him uh, all over the place at OrdersNation.com. It's the Oil Report brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton. Uh, coming up, uh, who is it Wednesday? We gave you the hint. No one's got it yet. I always like it. Uh, a few weeks you got it. So here's the hints. We'll give you a thought again. So won an NHL player award, 20-goal score, was a member of seven different NHL organizations, a Stanley Cup winner, and a top 25 in playoff scoring at his position. Who is it? Find out next. After Connor Halley, Sports 1440 Update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.